This is a church building. A church building. A church building. But I want us to take a moment to remember. This is not the church. Not the church. The church is reaching out to the orphan and to the widow. The church is supporting human rights work around the globe. The church is showing our community who Jesus is through his hope and his love. The church is you. Is you. Is you. This is a church building. This is not the church. The presence of God started in the garden, moved to the tabernacle and then to the temple, and now the presence of God lives in his people. Lives in you. In you. In you. This is a church building. This is not the church. So whether we're meeting in this building, in this building, at a coffee shop, in a small group somewhere, out serving in the community, or just gathering together online, wherever we are, this is a church building. We are the church. We are the church. We are the church. We are the church. Welcome everybody to episode 11. Can you believe it? It's episode 11, everybody. Are you guys ready for quarantine to be over? Yes. Oh, yeah. Are you? <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> From Minnesota. Okay, yeah, yeah. This so, week. This, no, this, see, we left. I okay. don't know what happened. It would be a fun thing for you to do a different accent every, every week. That would have been fun. Oh. If only I knew that 11 weeks ago. Uh, That's le- all right. It's been 11 weeks. <laughs> My clock tells me how many weeks it's been since we've been in quarantine. Yeah, this is dumb. Okay, so I just wanted to tell you, we have, the earlier, we were out in the field, right? Yes, yes. We were filming a very special. You guys made me run. A very special so segment. Hot. You don't get to see it tonight. You're going to have to check in next week. Um, but I, I won't tell you what it is, but it did involve... A potato, a potato gun, shooting them in the air and trying to catch them with a baseball. That's the whole thing. I told you the whole thing. That's right. (laughs) That's it? (laughs) Okay. We're going to a very special segment now, right? Yes, we have two, count them, two special worship musical guests for you this evening, so please... Enjoy them. Yeah, we're going. It's going to be a somber moment. We're going right into it tonight, so uh, we're going to a special worship video right now.
Wow, I'm not really sure what we just witnessed, but uh, we're worship chicken, we're chicken. I hope I'm saying that right. But I'm pretty sure that when scripture says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, it was probably referencing that. So I think we should probably get into some real worship of the Lord. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, I am so, so grateful that you look deep beyond the outward appearance of us, deep into our hearts. You know what we're thinking, you know what we're feeling, and yet you love us anyway. I thank you, God, that you have created each one of us to be in the families that we're in for such a time as this. Help us, Lord God, to be atypical, to be your son, to be your daughter, and Lord, as we enter into this time of worship, I pray that you would change our hearts from the inside out. And I ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's worship. No power, no wisdom. 
Jesus Christ, his death, oh, resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? Oh, I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Shine 
you so much, Mike. And if you're watching and you're from Cross Creek, you recognize Mike. And if you don't know Mike, we know you now. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you leading us in worship tonight. So uh, worship can be tough when you're in this quarantine situation. So Ben, did you have any like tips or anything for people that are in worship or not able to be in a building to worship, but are still trying to maintain a relationship with Jesus? Well, my tips would be this. In the same way that we can be in the church, the um, video we start out with is, this isn't, this isn't the church. It's the church yeah. building, but almost we can have the same presence of God, whether we're sitting on our couch. Yes. Uh, for some of you guys, when I watch Fernipa live, I would sit on my couch and put it on my TV in a time of worship. You have that freedom where you can stand up and in the same way you're in the church sanctuary, you can lift your hands up. The altar doesn't have to be in the church. It can be alongside your bed. It can be in your living room on your couch. The yeah. presence of God just isn't in the church. That's right. It's in that He's always, he's always with us. Maybe even while you're washing your hands in the bathroom. What a great transition to worship while you wash. We're going old school today on Worship While You Wash. Worship While You Wash. This one's a throwback. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds. Shining like the sun at the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee. Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Out of Zion's hill, salvation. The tags are important. Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Well, that's all the time traveling we have time for today on. Worship while you wash. Worship while you wash. The following are true stories about atypical families. Identities have been hidden to protect the innocent. So I decided I was going to borrow my mom and dad's car. And uh, unfortunately, I ended up passing my dad on the road at the exact same time, about a mile away from my house. So uh, I had two friends with me, and they, they said, we're leaving as soon as, you, as soon as we get back. And I said, no, if you leave, then they'll never find my body. But uh, I've never seen a minivan burn out that far before, but my dad made it happen somehow and uh, lost my driving abilities for an entire year because of that. So don't try this at home. <sighs> this one time, uh, my sister was in charge of watching me and my mom was out on a walk and my sister had this great idea to uh, let's play cops and robbers. And I was like, okay, as a little kid. and. Uh, and she had a pair of handcuffs. And uh, I, I asked before we started, I was like, you know, you have the key, right? You, you, I'm gonna be able to get out of these. She's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, she put the handcuffs on me and then proceeds to tell me I don't have the key. And that turned into my mom getting home and having to ride down to the ambulance corps. And uh, they had to cut off the, uh, the handcuffs with bolt cutters. It was January. I didn't have a shirt on. 
It was cold. An atypical family. We're not like a lot of people. Sometimes it makes it hard. When I'm asked to share my testimony, I, I feel like I need to make things up. I hear people saved from incredible sin. I hear people dealing with broken families. What's wrong with me? I mean, my great-grandparents were happily married. My grandparents were happily married. My parents are happily married. I, I almost hate to admit it. I'm happily married too. I mean, I got saved at a young age and never walked away from my faith. Is this normal? I mean, what did I get saved from? What's going on, guys? I was just chattering here with Sam while we're just trying to uh, introduce everything going on this evening. So uh, super excited to be teaching with Sam McNaney. So you'll see, hear from her in a few seconds there. Uh, we are talking about atypical. We, the word atypical means not normal, right? So like, I don't know if your families are normal. I don't know if you feel like there's somebody out there that's normal, but we really want you to get rid of the idea that normal exists. And this evening, we wanted to throw the idea out there that uh, atypical families, they actually have difficult conversations, all right? So difficult conversations, tough conversations, um, I, and I don't know what you guys consider to be difficult. I don't know what you consider to be tough. For some of you, the fact that your parents are telling you to clean up your room, that's difficult, right? But for some of us, we have really, really weird conversations, and we're like, man, normal families don't have this. So I actually put together a poll for us. So this will be for the Q&R group. Uh, poll everywhere, pollev.com, Wayne Morgan, 014. That'll drop in the chat, and you can go ahead and answer the questions that I've asked for you guys this evening. Maybe you feel like you are the only one where your parents ask weird questions or you have difficult conversations, but the questions are, how often do you have tough conversations with your family members? Sometimes, often, or never. You know, sometimes you're like, I have them all the time. And then the next one, how much do you enjoy having these tough conversations? For, for many of us, we don't enjoy having tough conversations, but the truth is, dysfunction happens when you don't have difficult conversations. Difficult conversations help teach you how to navigate life. They help you understand how to walk up to somebody and say, dude, you got something on your hands. Like today, I spent hours painting a fence and my son looked at my hands like I had leprosy on. You know, like it, it's, it was just paint. But, you know, for some people, pointing out something that's awkward is really difficult in their, uh, when they consider difficult conversations. For some people, tough conversations, they're, they're even more intense, they're more extreme. And so this evening, we wanted to, to point out some, some people that have had difficult conversations. I'm not talking about, hey, mom, I think I scratched the car. I'm not talking about, hey, Jimmy threw up on the floor again. No, I'm not talking about difficult conversations like that. I'm talking about way, way crazy. Because I don't know if you recognize this, but God doesn't 
take perfect people to do things with. He takes very imperfect people and transforms them and redeems them. The story of the night is about Jacob. Jacob, if you're unfamiliar with Jacob, Jacob was not necessarily the best guy that you would want to be a role model after. In fact, he was the guy that they were focusing on. There was a prophecy that said that there would be a real turmoil between him and his brother. And that turned out to be true. And then Jacob actually with his mom's help, check that out, his mom says, hey, I want you to get the blessing. And now the blessing wasn't one of those things that you could just have and then recant on and be like, no. But th- there was this, this dad gives this blessing to his older brother, he thought. But it, Jacob deceives him. So Jacob's older brother, you know, he's a twin, so he's not that much older. His Jacob's older brother is super mad. And so Jacob gets out of town. He goes to hang out with his uncle. And his uncle, guess what? Ends up deceiving him. You think about dysfunctional family, like not right in the head. Well, this is what Jacob's life was like. He ends up having to work an extra seven years beyond his original agreement with his uncle. And what happened was, is Jacob has this disagreement with his uncle and figures out, yo, I got to get out of town. I have got to go back to my family because back in the day, you didn't just hang out with your family because it was uh, useful. You hung out with your family for protection, for, for to make sure that there was people around you that were a part of your tribe. So Jacob goes, hey, I got to go back home, but my brother's going to kill me. And so Jacob's brother, uh, he, he doesn't know he's coming, but, so, but Jacob splits up his family, puts a whole bunch of really good stuff up front. You know how you are with your brother. You'd be like, yo, you can have the candy bar after you've done something wrong to him. And you're like peace offering. That's exactly what Jacob does. He puts a whole bunch of livestock up front and he's like, man, if my brother sees these people and raids them, that's fine. They're gonna be for him anyway. And Jacob finally gets to see his brother in Genesis chapter 33. It says, Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men, and he divided his children up with his wives and his servants. Yeah, he has two wives. If you ever think that's a good idea, just read how dysfunctional those families are. And he he put his servants um, and... Rachel and Joseph last. Verse three, then Jacob went ahead and approached his brother and bowed down seven times before him. Then Esau ran and met him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. Then Esau looked at the women and children and asked, who are all of these people? Esau sitting here going like, well, I didn't know you were coming. And then all of a sudden you show up with this huge group of people. This is absolutely bonkers. And, but Jacob's willingness to have a difficult conversation actually results in healing. You see, for you and me, we've got to recognize that atypical families have to have tough conversations because sometimes that is the catalyst for growth and for healing. See, comfort, ignoring things, avoiding tough conversations, that doesn't create a healthy environment. It actually creates a very, very dysfunctional 
toxic environment. Jacob, he decides he's going to have this difficult conversation and he goes ahead and in verse eight here, it says that, that what, what were all the flocks and herds that I met as I came, Esau says. Jacob replies, they are gifts to you, my Lord, to ensure your friendship. His brother is like, dude, I have plenty. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob insisted, no, if I've found favor with you, please accept these gifts from me. And, and what a relief to see your friendly smile because I know you could have messed me up, you know? Uh, please take this gift that I have brought you because God has been very gracious to me and I have more than enough. And Jacob insisted and Esau finally accepted the gift. You see, when we th start thinking about difficult conversations, some of us have to have awkward conversations with our friends, with our family, because you gotta stretch and grow and mature. But some of us, we have to have tough conversations because it's actually what's going to start the healing process. Because atypical, not normal families, they have tough conversations. And so Sam's gonna follow up a little bit more and tell us what Jesus has to say about tough conversations. Yes, so uh, sometime after that, Jesus delivers a, a sermon that tells us how then to have a tough conversation. Um, and I don't know what you answered on your, your survey, but uh, for me, tough conversations in my family didn't, either didn't happen at all or didn't go well at all. Uh, we love sarcasm uh, instead of just like facing a big feeling and like calmly saying it. We love to use just cutting sarcasm instead. So like whenever things would escalate to be something where we would should have a tough conversation, instead we enjoyed getting really sassy and probably um, yelling a lot. And I didn't learn how to actually honestly apologize until like high school and then it took even longer than that to weed out sarcasm as a means of communicating big feelings and even sometimes I'm still like it's easier to just make a really cutting comment rather than like come back come come down and like be honest and calm um and Wayne, Wayne talked about the Jacob and Esau, and uh, I love that God uses that story and shows us a way back from a really bad choice. So you might think that you're too far gone in a relationship or just you, you can't come back from the mistake that you made or the hurtful thing that you did, but this story shows us that, that you're not, um, and there's hope. So don't give up on your tough relationships. Um, and just like Wayne said, the, you know, the tough conversation can be the start of the healing process. Um, so here's what Jesus has to say about how, how then to have a tough conversation. It's in Matthew 18, um, verses 15 through 17. And it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Uh, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So it kind of, this maps out like the order in which to approach someone who has hurt you. Um, it says, go, go to your brother alone. So instead of maybe like, 
going going to my friend and being like my mom like is the worst i can't you know you're that's the that's the that's kind of what you want to do but here jesus is saying no go straight to the person go to that person and talk to them about it um and it says if he listens to you you have gained your brother or you've gotten back your brother you've restored that relationship this tells me that while tough conversations are uncomfortable and difficult, it does bring us closer together. Uh, and we're created for a relationship. And having these tough conversations actually forges stronger relationships. And when we put off and avoid or altogether refuse to face our big feelings and have tough conversations, it actually separates us from each other. Um, and that can leave space for anger and bitterness to build up and have like lasting negative effects on our relationships, which we don't want. Uh, and this is why atypical families have tough conversations. The typical response to feeling hurt by a family member may be avoid them, avoid talking about it, let yourself get angry and bitter because you feel like you have a right to be mad and so you just hang on to that. But Jesus tells us in Matthew to face it head on and have an atypical response to have a difficult conversation. Uh, part of the reason it took me so long to learn to communicate hurt feelings without sarcasm and to apologize is because it takes a lot of humility to do that, and I am not very good at that naturally. I'm not. And I did not want to have any soft emotions. I didn't want to feel small or just any of those soft feelings, so I couldn't calmly and honestly explain when I was hurt. And I never wanted to admit that I was wrong and that, would, that makes apologizing completely impossible. So here are some tips that would have helped me and I hope uh, can help you and we can all continue to like re-implement them if, if we're willing. Uh, the first one is ask. Ask, can we talk about something? Hey, can we talk about what happened earlier? Can we talk about this a little bit more? When you ask, I think it's, you, you then the other person has some buy-in. You're not just kind of like barging in and saying like, I'm upset, we're talking about this right now. Like when you ask, hey, is it all right if we talk about something? Then I think that evens the playing field for you to have, ha to set the stage for a calm uh, conversation. Show patience, the second one, show patience. We're tempted to argue and lash out while others are sharing their perspective and feelings, but we do better to show patience and understanding. And really listen, number three, to understand and not just to find more ways to argue, which is, Another thing that we can kind of be tempted to do. Um, be honest. It's difficult to share your big feelings, especially with your family sometimes, and especially when you're feeling hurt. But remember that this atypical response to conflict yields the benefit of a closer relationship, so it's really important. Number five, admit when you're wrong. Admit it. That's the bottom line. There's nothing to explain about it there. The last one, value your relationship more than you value being right. This is so huge, so I'm gonna say it two times. Value your relationship more than you value being right. Sometimes I think this means burying the hatchet, drop it. Um, some fights are not worth more than your relationship. I've lived this. I've had to bury the hatchet over some things that still, if I think deeply about it, I can bring it back up that I'm still hurt, I'm still whatever. Um, but sometimes you bury the hatchet because your relationship's more important. So think about a conflict that you've had or are having with a family member and imagine how that conflict might be completely changed or transformed if you are willing to have that tough conversation about it. Atypical families have the tough conversations and they are tough, but we can do it. We can do it. 
Um, so I'm gonna pray and ask God to help us do that, help us implement uh, his design for conflict resolution and closer, stronger relationships with our family. Um, and then make sure you send in your Q&R questions if you have any questions about about anything that we talked about. Um, and I'm gonna pray and ask God to, to assist because we're gonna need his help and his grace. So God, thank you so much for laying it out for us and showing us not only that other people have done it well and have come back from difficult conflicts in their families that have shattered them, but that you've also showed us how, the exact steps to take forward to uh, restore relationships. We're so thankful, and I pray that you help us have the courage and um, the like self-discipline to use what you have given us to resolve our conflicts and strengthen our relationships through it. Um, we just thank you so much, and we pray that you'll be with us and with our family members as we navigate difficult conflicts with each other and as we have the tough conversations. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys, so much. I am going to uh, send you over to a game with the Rev. Please enjoy. Amen. Thank you so much. This afternoon, I, um, I go ahead, sorry, behind me. This afternoon, I reached into my pocket, and I noticed everything had fallen out. And that's because this game had burnt a hole in my pocket because I'd been sitting on this game, and I could not wait to use it. This game is called, Is Kanye Smiling? So... The, the premise is this. I'm going to show you a picture of the top half. Listen, Kanye has not been in the news enough lately. Not much. He's not. Yeah. Right? We need more Kanye in our more lives. Kanye. So uh, I'm going to show you a picture of the top half of Kanye's face. And our friends here are going to guess whether the bottom half of his face is smiling or not. And so you can have a whiteboard in front of you. You can just draw a frowny face or a smiley face, depending on what you think Kanye's face is doing. Uh, and then I'll, I'll give you a three, two, one, and everyone can show me their, their uh, guesses at the same time. I'll keep score, and uh, we'll have a winner. All right, so are you ready to play? Is Kanye smiling? Yeah, he has a unicorn turtle. It's a, it's <laughs> a cow. It's a cow. It's a cow <laughs> dreaming about a carrot. That's a cow? Uh, That's not made up. He actually did that. All right. <laughs> Question number one. This is the top of Kanye's face. What do you think is going on down here in the, in the, the, the mouth region? His eyes are going right through me. It's, it's, it's terrifying. I have nightmares about this, yes. this shot. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to study his cheekbone structure yeah. to see. That's a fair strategy. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. All right. Show me what you got on okay. three, two, one. A smile or nah? What is that, DJ? What did it's you? A, it's a. It looks like the ocean. We didn't sing oceans tonight. What that are you doing? That is a wave. You need to commit, sir. <laughs> I believe this is how you guys do a Lack smile. Of commitment. That's a smile right there. Yes. Smile, 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 frown. Frown. Yes. Uh, frown. Frown. Ish. All right. What do we got? Yes. Oh. <laughs> that is not a smile. So that means I give a point to DJ and a point to Travio, okay? Just draw oh. a line every time. You See, get points you both ways. All right. There next question. He's given us nothing. Kanye, help us. What's Ooh. happening? What do you think? Smile or not smile in three, two, one. Show me. Yeah, it's moving quick now. I got yeah. four smiles. What do we think? Uh -oh. Kanye. Oh, no, no, no. Kanye, why? No, no, no. Oh, he does smiles. look slightly happier than he did in the last picture. Does he smile? Yeah, the eyes look like he could be happy. He, yeah. I'm going to say happy, but... 
amused. Amused. Yeah. amused. Slightly, slightly amused. amused. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next question. Question? Is that the right? All right. Next top of face. What do you think is happening here? You're gonna have way less time. All right. Three. Eyes look a little wider. Those are bigger eyes. Two. Yeah. I don't know. One. I think he's I'm crying. going to smile. Yeah. I'm going with not smiling. Two frowns. Two uh, smiles. What uh, do we got? Here we go. Uh, Still oh my no. God. Mine is a frown. Mine is a frown. That's I cheating. don't know what's going on here. All right, Bannon. DJ's, DJ's pulling away with a two point, with a one point lead. Two points total. Me and Kanye are just on another level. Man. I, yeah, I get it. He doesn't smile, so. <laughs> All right. Next face. I have to assume he smiles eventually, but who knows when little it happens. Blurry. This little is blurry. the top half of his face. What do you think is going on? You don't even get to see the nose in this one. This one is very censored. I know. All right. What do you think? In three, two, one. Frown, frown, <laughs> disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> two frowns, two smiles. What's the answer? A smile. Oh, there we go. Wayne and Wayne's on the board, wow. everybody. I Wayne a, is. I have a point. Board. I did not know <laughs> not Kanye like has teeth. teeth compared to he you, but teeth. that's all right. He's got teeth wow. and everything. That all right, is, next that is a face. happy Kanye. All right. This is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Right? right? <laughs> I have looks, no idea. It looks like he's about to like break into tears or something. Yes, there his is an emotion little, here. His eyes look a little watery. Is it a positive or negative one? I don't know. That's so smart. Wayne just drew <laughs> He just drew the, the, the symbol and he just decides in the moment. Whoa, smart man. Whoa. All right, three, two, one. What do you think? Going with a smile. Four smiles. What do we got? Four points or zero points? Nope, no points for you. <laughs> she's smiling. She's smiling. I she's that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Uh, Next face. Kanye, you're a mad, mad man. This looks very similar. Oh, no, no, see, he's got an eyelash on his nose or something. Or maybe it's just a camera flaw. I don't know. All right, smile or frown. Three, two, one. All right, two frowns, two smiles. Survey says. Definitely smiling. Nope, oh no frown. Gosh. That's a point for... Ben and Wayne. Guys, I hate ties, and it's currently a four-way tie. Four-way. So, <laughs> how many man. questions do we have left there? Pull away. How many questions left? How many faces left? He's only smiled once. Brian, help well, us out. Four. Four more. Four okay, more. I'm keeping that in. Quattro. Listen, this is how you do it. It's now sudden death. Sudden no, not death. sudden death. Sudden death. Elimination. I don't know. If you get it wrong, you sit, okay? What if Next we all face. sit at the same time? What happens? <laughs> then I'd be so sad and disappointed in you. <laughs> what about this face? <laughs> is that a uh, smile or a frown? Tell me in three, two, frown. one. <laughs> That's a smile. Three smiles and a frown. Survey says this could be it. Oh, it's a frown. God. What is he wearing? So DJ's the only one that got DJ it right. DJ wins. DJ. Because you eliminated people. Congratulations. <laughs> the winner of this... Cup of animal crackers I found in the nursery. Oh, Give it wow. up for DJ. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to need those Congrats. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in there for I'm at least two and a half months. Um, so we are now going into a time of Q&A. So if you have any questions, please put them in the, in the chat there, and we will see you on the other side. Tim, take it away. He wasn't smiling in that last picture. No. Closed on Sunday. Uh. That's my Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Closed on Sunday. Yeah. I uh, actually really enjoyed his last album. I'm uh, not or was not a huge Kanye fan. In fact, I really hadn't heard much of what he had done previously. But uh, I, I really liked that album. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I, when 8 Like came out, I was in the dorm and people were going wild. And they were like, we got Kanye. <laughs> and uh, it was definitely a wild day at school. Yeah. How about you, DJ? Any thoughts? Um, not too many. Would you like an animal cracker, though? <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, we had a question from last week that was kind of a holdover from last week, and it was this one. What do you do with those people who are very persistent in trying to convince me that God isn't real or just question me on my beliefs? 
what do you do with a person that's you know trying to convince you that God's not real? That's a great question. I think whenever I would get a question like that, I would ask Travis to go first. <laughs> Man, I would have said the same thing, and I would have asked DJ. But uh, for me, I would probably say it's it's difficult when you're put in that situation mm-hmm. because it like catches you off guard because you're like, oh, I don't know what to say. Um, but one thing that's really helped me is like to accept their their doubt and of what they're like what I believe because they don't believe the same thing as me so I can't expect them to fully understand what I'm trying to tell them and um, I do see it a lot at youth group and um, you mean people questioning someone else's faith yes okay. yes and I like I, I experience it firsthand and it's it's definitely been eye-opening to me but I've been able to like grow from it and I like I take it and then that helps me better to teach them and better to like interact with them because I understand now like where they're coming from and stuff like that and we should just love them like any other person I think sometimes uh, when a person is questioning your faith they're questioning their own Uh, they're trying to understand and it can be a really good opportunity for us to share why we have faith yeah yeah, I think that's that's good. Always, I always like to stress, you know, it's okay to have questions, but I, I think that would probably be what I would preface the conversation with is like, are, are do you have questions and are we having a conversation or is this an argument? Oh right. Because like, yes. if, if someone wants to argue, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not about it. I love to debate. I love to you know talk about things, but if they want an argument, it's it's probably not it's not going to be beneficial for you or them. So I think that you would have to figure out where they're coming from with that question. Whether they're looking for an argument or looking for answers yeah, exactly. or, or even a debate, uh, yeah. which, which would be much better than an argument. Yeah, because a yeah. lot of times people come into like a discussion with their mind already made up sure. and not looking I know for I the answers. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, next question, uh, this came this evening. How do we know that we're being used by God or how do we know that we are completing what God has planned for us? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think I think there's there's different ways. Like for me, I think with a lot of people, like sometimes people might feel comfortable with the decision, while other people might feel uncomfortable with the decision. Like I was really put in an uncomfortable place when I was offered the position to be a youth pastor, not at Nebo, where I was grew up my whole life. And I knew that that's where God wanted me to be because he was pushing me out of my comfort zone. Mm. But sometimes you might be comfortable in a decision, but a lot of the times we can, I feel like I know where God wants me to go and where God wants me to be and I'm following his will for my life if I'm pushed out of my comfort zone and um, if I'm doing something that I never thought I would be doing like at that time. Like sitting up here on stage yeah, and yeah, doing I never, this show, right? Yeah, a couple years ago, I never imagined I would ever be doing something like this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But you feel like this is what God's called you oh, to for now. Of course, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah, and I think to tag off that, like we do, when, when God has revealed what your gifting is or what your calling is or in that, you know, that specific thing you should be doing, 
well, then you know, you know, do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think also there's, there's a general sense of what it means to be a Christian that I feel like so often we spend so much time focusing on what's my job supposed to be that we miss the fact that we're called to love one another, that Mm. if you see someone hungry, feed them. I think whenever you're doing any of those little things that we often overlook, I think that's when you're directly in the center of the will of God. Whenever you're extending love, whenever you're extending forgiveness, you know that you're flowing in that. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. I was saying like, I was thinking like, if you're pursuing God, then God is going to reveal where he wants you to be. And if we're not pursuing God, then we're not gonna know where God is leading us. Mm -hmm. So I think it all starts, like what DJ said, like back to the basics. And like, if we pursue God, then we're going to find where God wants us to go. Absolutely, I mean, I taught my girls, I've got three girls, and as they were growing up and they're asking that question, oh, what is it that God wants me to do? Uh, I always referred them back to the scripture that says, seek first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the two things that we need to do to fulfill God's will for our life. And then it goes on to say all the other things will follow up all by itself. You know, all these things will be added to you. And I think that's a really good way to, number one, know that we're in God's will if we're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Um, And then the second thing is that it helps us to know when we're hearing his voice, which kind of goes with the next question. How do we know if God is speaking to us? How do we know when we're hearing the voice of God, for instance, to take up a a pastorate or a youth pastorate where you didn't expect it to come from? Oh, you wanna go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, the situation where I I got the position was really odd. Um, I'm best friends with the associate pastor at my church that I work at and um, he, he mentioned about how they were looking to start a youth program. I didn't think anything of it. And then like maybe a month or so later, I was um, just talking with my friend and we we're like, oh, have you ever thought about like doing, like taking over the youth ministry there? And I was like, no, I never thought about it. So then I texted Dan and he said, like at the moment I texted him, he said he was praying that the church would find someone to fill the position. And for me, that was just like, wow, God, like, I guess God kind of just hit me right in the face when he did that. And I know a lot of times it's not that simple and it's not that easy, right. but like, um, I think just getting back to the word is one great way to, for us to understand. And I think community is another, another big aspect. When we're around people, we can find our gifts. We can understand how God is going to use us. Yeah, the, the scripture also tells us that there's wisdom in counsel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, And so hearing the voice of God can sometimes include saying, hey, to your youth pastor or to your pastor, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you see in me? Because people can see our blind spots. They can see the stuff that we have trouble seeing sometimes. Yeah, and I think also a good check is like that if you feel like God's speaking something to you, it'll never contradict scripture. If you feel like God's telling you to do something that's, you know, in blatant violation then you know, okay, this is not God. This is something else. This mm-hmm. is me. This is what I ate for dinner last night. And two, if like you ever notice like when you, you meet someone and then if you hear them on the phone, if you don't know them well, you're like, ah, oh, I, I kind of think I know who this is, but I'm not sure. And then you're in the phone call way too long and you can't ask. Or like, but then if it's someone you know really, really well, you instantly know by the tone of their voice. Right. And I think it's the same thing with God. If, if we're in the Bible every day, if we're reading scripture, if we're spending time in prayer, you're attuning yourself that when he does speak something to you, 
you know what he sounds like. Mm, that is so good. In fact, it almost answers our next question, which is how do I get closer to the great I am? How do I get closer to God? Because it's a challenge for us sometimes uh, to, to get close enough to God to hear his voice and to understand when it's him talking. But uh, is there a way that, that you find to get closer to God, to hear his voice? Uh, for me, a bit of it is worship, is spending time in worship, uh, recognizing God as the creator of all things. When I see a sunset, I don't just see a sunset. I thank God for what he created, not just in the sunset, but in my ability to see the colors of that sunset, yeah. in my ability to have the vision to be able to see it. Or when I hear a beautiful piece of music, not just thanking God for creating music, but for my ability to be able to distinguish between the notes and to be able to know good music from bad music, you know. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's, that's one way that we can do that. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say for me, something I've been doing lately is, is I've been going through the Old Testament and reading scripture that we, I probably wouldn't read unless I had to do it for school or something right. like that. And I, I've been like studying it and like using my study Bible and going through it and just seeing how God showed up in all of these stories that a lot of the times we just overlook just really helps me connect with God and truly understand, wow, like this is God. Yeah. Even as we were listening to the stories tonight, Jacob and Esau, and, and the way God was at work in that situation in the Old Testament, and then we see it in the New Testament, and we see it all the way through, and to me, that's pretty impressive. Well, we had uh, some really, really good questions in, uh, and this one is, what do we do if God doesn't answer? Or is it really that God doesn't answer or that the answer's not what we want? Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's part of it. Um, I, I have um, been reading and looking at the, the story in the Bible in Daniel of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. And long story short, the king's gonna throw these three guys into a furnace because they're not listening to him. They're not gonna worship his gods and you know his system of religion. And they say, you know what? Our God could save us. And they're like, and he's like, oh, cool, that's so much faith. And then they're like, and even if he doesn't, mm. we're gonna choose to trust him anyway. And like, that's like, that's a little bit harder to get behind. Right. But to me, I'm like, wow, like that's when their faith isn't just in what God can do, but their faith is totally in the character and the goodness of God that, you know what? Even if this doesn't work out the way I think it should or the way I want it to, I'm choosing to believe that God, you're good and you have the best in store for me. Mm. And I think that's, it's not always the fun it's, answer. It's the hard it's answer. It's the hard it answer. It really is. But I found that to be, challenging, but it's really grown my faith to, you know, focus on loving God for who he is apart from just what he can do for me. Mm, mm. Wow. Some really, really great questions tonight. I appreciate all of you who have submitted these questions to us. Look forward to next week's Q&R as we continue the Atypical Family Series. And uh, man, just, just really appreciate everybody participating tonight. Hi everyone, my name is Pastor Jake Claypool. I'm from Nebo Baptist Church in Nanticoke. Would you please pray with me? 
Father God, we thank you for the truths that we just heard and learned about tonight. God, I pray that we would remember that you love us, you care about us, and that God, you're with us even in the midst of this pandemic and even in the midst of some maybe crazy times and crazy families. God, we ask for every student and leader and everyone uh, around this world, God, that they would see your hand and see that you are at work in the midst of their lives right now. And we're excited to see what you're going to do. And Lord, we just ask all of these things in your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Meet the team. All right, we are at the week oh, I don't know, eight or nine or something, of Meet the String Team, and we are, this is probably it, unless we get 10 more cameras delivered to the church. Um, This is our final camera, and my good friend Dave is our Meet the String Team member tonight. So Dave, you are not always behind a camera. This is maybe your first iteration of that, but when you're not, what are you doing? What are you doing for fun? Okay, well, when I'm not behind the camera and I'm not working, I'm playing a lot of video games, I'm playing drums, and I've been teaching myself bass. Oh, super fun. Do you, I know the headset is definitely video game-esque. Do you ever, does it kind of feel that way at all to you? This is a a weird question that might have a short answer, but. (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) Great. All right. Quality content here. Uh, So thank you for joining us for Meet the Stream Team. We are going to have some fun with uh, memes today. I'm going to throw it over to DJ on stage right now. Hey, guys. What's up? We're going to starting a new segment. It's called Meme of the Week, where we will show you memes on this television, and I will hope they appear, because I... This is a meme, I guess. Tough conversations, they can be a meme. This is called stalling, everyone. So, yeah, make sure you send in your memes next week. They could appear right here on this TV, where you see this meme, my plans for 2020, David and Goliath, that's a classic. We have another one right here. My vocal cords singing, doing a horrible job, the Holy Spirit approving, that's definitely me when I'm in worship. Next. Maybe. Well, I think that might be all we have, but send in memes so you can see them on the screen next week. Well, thank you so much for joining us for episode 11. We're going to get you some memes. There's Brock. Oh, there you go. There you There's go. another one. There's another one. Please open your Bible to somebody wants to Why am I singing this? I can't sing. Oh, the only reason to interrupt me is if you have news about church opening. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. Oh, Bye. Thank you for Bye. 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 I, they were good. I ate them. Laser pointer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. it, looked like he had a sni- it looked like he had a sniper on him. The prize was great. <laughs> 